welcome to Feminine Hijinks. We're here again this week, as we are every Monday, to reinvent the other side of 40 with sass, caress, and kicking ass. Yeehaw, people. I'm Angie <laughs> Bailey. And I'm Susie Schubert. And we are here in the ladies' room, as always, with a fabulous subject that we'd like to subject you to. <laughs> and uh, and we think we're, you're really, really, really going to like this one. Yep, yep. We're talking about... Drum roll. Blah. Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. Wah, wah, wah. But does it have to be a crisis? If you make it one. Yeah. It's all so, up to you guys. It is. And the, and specifically, we're going to talk about a book by Ada Calhoun called Why We Aren't Sleeping. Yeah. Why We're Not Sleeping. Why We're Not Sleeping. Yes. <laughs> I think Angie needed more sleep. <laughs> I need some coffee. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know why I'm not sleeping because of my damn husband snoring every night. Oh. He's going through a stage where he's like snoring all the time. And then I poke him and he'll move. And then a few minutes later, again. What the hell? What so, the hell? he rolls over, does it help? No, he still snores. <laughs> now I get why people sleep in separate rooms sometimes. Yeah, and my, my first marriage, we slept in separate rooms for years because oh. of snoring. Oh, my God. I know. I don't yeah. want to do that, though. Well, embrace the snore. I guess. Embrace I don't know. Does he ever try those Breathe Right strips? <laughs> no. Those are supposed to help. That. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. This could be an entire episode. <laughs> snore. The snore. What a bore. What a bore. So anyway, yeah. So that's what we're talking about today is that book and how we found it and how we think that um, it affects us and really hits home. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Right. But first, but we're going to talk about our poops. We are. I'd love to know what your poop is today. <laughs> well, it's just a little dingleberry today. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just a bit. Just, just pinch it. <laughs> just pinch it off real quickly. So I just had to laugh because the core man and I went out for dinner at this new restaurant we had not been to before, and he noticed it was. It's kind of known for its pizza, but he noticed the servers carrying these giant plates full we thought they looked like chicken wings but mm -hmm. they as he read the menu they're called pork nugs <laughs> what so i'm assuming nugs is short for nuggets uh-huh and so he got all excited and it's supposed to be something you share and he ordered that as his dinner i have never seen the man so excited about something he ate. You have to know the core man is not an excitable man. <laughs> and I mean, you know, he enjoys food. He likes my food I cook for him. And, you know, I've seen him really love something. But I swear to God, like, I almost had to give him a cigarette after this meal. He was like practically having an O eating these pork nugs and oh i was laughing gosh. and part of me was laughing about it too i'm sure part of the big reason he enjoyed it so much is because i will not cook pork for him oh i just i don't like it myself right so i don't cook it we don't which really i guess is kind of selfish i just wondered like if other people do that like do you if you do a lot of the cooking in your house do you tend do you cook things that the other person likes even if you don't like it or do you just tend to cook what you like and you know, they just have to deal. They have to get it when they go out somewhere. Right. And I think we kind of, well, I do most of the cooking, but it's generally stuff that we both like. 
Yeah. You know, and because Chris is on a sort of a specialized diet, we right. always have stuff that he can have and have stuff that I can have. So we're sort of used to sometimes having different, different things. things. Yeah. But yeah. So, so it's I'm fine. the total selfish, though, like cooking wife, because I'm like, hell no, I'm not cooking pork for you. Uh, <laughs> although I did cook bacon yesterday. Well, that's different. Bacon is a whole different class. <laughs> it doesn't count as pork. In my, but for me, like pork chops and that kind of stuff, pork chop and apple chops has always tasted like the farm. Oh, my God. Me too. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. I never yes. heard anybody else yes. that said that. It, it just it takes. Yes. 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 I, oh I don't like God. pork chops. No, 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 no. Weird. No. I know. Oh. I know. Same thing about second day and second day old pork chops. Ooh. Yeah. So anyway. That's too far. That's my dingleberry. And I'm well, sticking to it. <laughs> ew, gross. Or it's sticking to you. I, maybe you should create a pork nug dress like Lady Gaga's meat dress. <laughs> And maybe you can get a little something, something. I guess they were fried in like this delicious sesame sauce. Oh. Like, I'm sure they were delicious if right. you like pork. But mm-hmm. yeah. But man, the, the core man there, it was getting a little heated in that restaurant. Wow. wow. And it was a family style seating. So I was kind of a little worried about the people sitting next to him. I know. What might happen over there. Look at that guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. But anyway. <laughs> so tell us about your little dingleberry. Oh, my little dingleberry is my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but she uh, is going to be 24 this year, right? The girls are going to be 24. Yeah, they'll be 24. And um, so she's had, you know, she's had some tough times since high school. um, And she's finally getting her own place with her girlfriend. That is so exciting. And it's this weekend she's moving out and so it's weird she's been staying with us for a couple weeks or a couple months actually and the first time she left was when she went to college and she was living in her little dorm situation sure and so there was that first sort of empty nesting yeah and now she's been back a couple months and now i feel like it's a second empty nesting where you know we're gathering stuff for the girls to have in their apartment, yeah. making sure they have everything they need. And I mean, really, the drive from my place to her place is five minutes. I oh timed my gosh. it. It's just straight down the road. And That's great. It's great. So I'll get to see her and whatnot, but she, she won't be at my house anymore, which is really okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's pretty cute that you're actually sad to see her go. Not that you don't love her, but you've got a very small place. I know. So having the three of you there, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. hasn't always been so easy. Exactly. And I've always (laughs) been someone that's like, okay, yes, you can stay with us for a little while, but you need to have a plan and there needs to be an end date. Right. And so she's really good about that. And Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so it's great. It's been a, it's been a, it's been nice to have her close by because she was in Pennsylvania for a while and St. Cloud for a while and just kind of all over the place. And, and now she'll have some new adventures. And she that's will. exciting. I know. So that's Good my job, poop. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm heading into my second emptiness. <laughs> Your second emptiness. Yes. God, you just have it all. You know, she's got her first nest and her second nest. My, yeah. yeah. And my hair looks like a nest. Today. Like your second home, like Target is my second home. Oh, I love Target. <laughs> Target's a good time. But Moving into our topic today. Yeah, I think Target may be a little bit how I deal with my midlife crisis. <laughs> That's not bad. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Oh, my God. You try to go in there and I'm not going to get a cart. 
Oh, right. It's all things that I get. And then you're holding like a million things in your arms and you're like, shit, I need a cart. Oh, my God. I know. I so know. you're looking for those random baskets that are sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I do have to brag a little bit because um, I felt so badass the other day. I pulled into the parking lot of Target and went to go shopping and I remembered to bring my reusable bags mm. in from the car. I always have them in the car and I can't tell you how many times. I get in the store and I'm like, damn, I left my bags in the car. Mm. So sometimes being a badass is just remembering your damn reusable bags. Yeah. Bring them into the store. Totally. <laughs> I know. And and when you and you don't notice until you're in the line, you're like, shit. I know. I need my bags. I need my bag. My sack. You're, I need my sacks. And now we're getting charged by a bag. Yeah. So it's an extra incentive, which I have to say it's a pain, but I kind of think it's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Totally. 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 So this book, I read about it on Facebook first when it first came out, like the week before it came out. And it's by Ada Calhoun. And it is sort of it's based on an article she wrote for O Magazine in 2017, where the editors came to her and said, you know, what do you know about Gen X women mm. feeling depressed and feeling sad? Is that a trend? And she at first she didn't really think it was. And then she started looking into it and she's like, oh, my God, there's something that's so common about these Gen X women. And Gen X is described really from 1965 to 1980 is sort of the time sure. period that, um, that we're born. And so. So she said, yeah, there's enough here to write a book and do some more research. And so she jumped on it and it's just been going like gangbusters. Oh I gosh. know when you went to go buy it, it was already sold out. Yeah, I see it everywhere, too. In fact, mm -hmm. um, just the recent where I work, we get magazines in and the recent Oprah magazine was talking about that, mm -hmm. which makes sense, too, if she's written for Oprah. But still. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about this book. Totally. And, you know, it, it talks about Gen X being a really unique uh, time to grow up like mm -hmm. in the 70s and in the 80s is because it was a time where women had more opportunity than ever right to be successful and she mentions in this book a couple of times and this I have to say that I relate to this so much how they said you can be a doctor yeah women can do anything and and if someone said well do you want to be a nurse no you know, I'm going to be a doctor. And right. so as women, as young women growing up, we knew that we could do anything. And I remember personally the doctor thing, because all through my 20s and even through my 30s, I would stop and say, OK, if I wanted to be a doctor right now, could I still be a doctor? Mm. And and then I got into my 40s and I'm like, no, I, I, I really don't think I could anymore. Not that. I mean, I just I'm at a point in my life where I don't have the time to invest. You know, I don't have the energy that I used right. to have. Or the I, money to go to medical school. I Good know. Grief. Yeah. And then I felt kind of guilty or bad about it. Oh, my thinking, gosh. Oh, I had these opportunities. And what did I do? I went to two years of college mm. and then just kind of messed around went to travel school and just have been doing sort of piecemeal jobs. Mm -hmm. And have I wasted that time because we were the generation that could do everything? Yeah, well, that reminds me, there's a paragraph that I took note of that mm -hmm. is basically right around that, that I loved so much. It said, it should be plenty to raise children or to have a career or frankly, just not to become a serial killer. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yet somehow for this generation of women, the belief that girls could do anything morphed into a directive that they must do everything. Yes. And don't you feel that? Yes. Oh, my uh. God. It totally. I can't tell you how many aha moments I had in this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I adored it. But, you know, right away I got struck like I had just started it. it was in the author's note and I was already tearing up. Me too. Because, yeah, that part that talked about um, she was talking to some woman about her midlife experience and she just burst into tears when she asked her, can I talk to you about this? And Ada was like, oh, my gosh, are, are you OK? Why are you crying? And she said her tears came from the shock that someone cared, Mm. saying that she felt invisible and that no one ever asks about her. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm already crying. I know. I know. It's so so true. Even like the pop culture stuff that she just kind of throws in there throughout. Yes. It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Speaking of pop culture, another thing I wrote down that's so funny. um, I loved how she brought up that our childhoods were just inherently filled with gloom and doom. Mm -hmm. Like, even the Sesame Street Muppets reflected that. Do you remember that part? She goes, millennials had happy little Elmo, and we had Kermit, his mouth warped by anxiety, which is so true. Oscar's a sociopath. Yes. And Big Bird, who is accused of imagining Snuffleupagus for 14 years. <laughs> I remember getting so much angst from that, from the I whole know. Snuffleupagus thing. I wanted people to see him so badly. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. But, like, all those things are just like, what? Oh, my gosh. She's right. I never thought about that. But she's totally. so... And on point. One thing that really made me start thinking about how right on this is, is they said that the Gen X generation was the least parented generation. Yes. Because the our parents, there was still a lot of stay-home moms, and you know there was a lot of more hands-on parenting. Well, then divorces started happening more in the 70s right. and 80s, and moms were working, and we were latchkey kids and all of that. And then we grew up to be parents, and we were more like, helicopter parents you know we're like oh you have to stay in the fenced yard you can't making up for being left alone and on our own we like over exactly and so they said too that there's this um like in our generation specifically there are increased amounts of autoimmune diseases and other type of of disorders that they can relate to stress and especially childhood stress anxiety and anxiety like we're such they said that our generation invented stress well think about it too like it really struck me too to think about how and i've read this before our generation X or whatever you want to call it, a lot of times it's not even mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, because people don't, I don't think people know how to describe it because it's this weird transitional period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to think of it again as the taint. Yeah, it is. We grew up in the taint. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did, yes. Of these generations. Uh-huh, right. And that's a dark, shadowy Which one is the asshole? Place. <laughs> The boomers are the millennials. Yeah, really. (laughs) That's hilarious. Which are the balls and which are the asshole? I know, but it's so true when you think about it. It's an ambiguous time of, you know, our lives, Mm -hmm. of society. And so, of course, we feel lost and ambiguous Mm -hmm. and not knowing where to land. And all of a sudden we get all these choices and we're not sure what to choose because we're afraid if we choose one, then we won't get to choose another. Yeah, That has been like, that plagues me my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like has plagued me my whole life of like, 
but if I really do this, then I don't have that other choice. Right. Like too many choices almost. Exactly. And like the older generation, they stayed at jobs their entire lives. And they retired. They had pension. They had savings. And well, they said that our generation is the first one to not make more than our fathers did than our parents yes. did. Yeah, exactly. And then the next generation millennials, they're they job hop, they're sort of right. happy go lucky. They're good with what they're doing. And we're sort of in the middle here because we do a little job hopping. We try different things. But at the same time, it freaks us out because it's like, oh, my God, where's our retirement coming from? Yeah, we feel like failures yeah. because we're not doing what our parents did. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, the economy is not any better or isn't, you know, a bright, shiny place for millennials by any means. Uh-huh. But it's like they're already growing up in a time where they're they're gearing for that. Right. They know that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So they're like, OK, we'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're in that, again, in between place where we're like, right. oh, my God, like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Right. That's not what we were led to believe. No. But they're also I love that she interviewed middle class women. Because, yes. you yeah. know, people either that grew up in poverty or that had everything handed to them, they have their own set of situations that influenced. But it's the the middle class women who were taught to believe, yeah, you can do anything, work hard, go to college, mm-hmm. where, you know, some people with money might have just had things handed to them and it's not really a apples to apples Right. Thing. And then the people who were, um, you know, struggling in their lives you know it didn't really fit them either no no because they had a whole different outlook you know yeah and the debt the amount of debt that our generation has and the fact that even women that she interviewed that have some money saved for retirement were freaked out that they didn't have enough saved for retirement it's like it's never nothing ever brings you that feeling Mm -hmm. of everything's going to be okay really yeah i know very very few people that have money put away enough for retirement. Oh, yeah, because that's almost impossible. Yeah. You know, when you think about how much money you would actually need to never have to worry. I mean, God forbid, if we go in like a home, Mm -hmm. those are those can be like six grand a month. Yeah. Who can pay for that? Even if you've saved up a lot of money. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and there are no answers to that. You know, I mean, that's just you just have to live with that. And that's what's really anxiety ridden. And the cost of health care. Oh, well, yeah, it's crazy. You started on that. So you end up, you know, having to use Medicare, which doesn't cover everything. Which is probably going to go away, you know, and Medicare and Social Security and all that. Oh, no, I'm getting all worked up. This is supposed to be funny. I know this is supposed to be fun. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing, too, I'll say about the book I loved is like every chapter talks about a different area that we're going through Mm -hmm. as Gen X women and really women in general. Um, But like one thing that really struck me, too, is that chapter, the very filtered profile picture. Yes. (gasps) How all of us, again, are so obsessed with how we look and how we present ourselves on social media Mm -hmm. and how I mean, I'm guilty of that. Like, I'll see a picture. No, don't post that. My arm looks big or, oh, yeah, I'll put that picture up. But I have to soften the wrinkles out of my face first with a million different filters And, you know, it was just so interesting. Like one of the moms was saying, could I just be a squishy mom? It's like, do I have to be a MILF? I I just am like, and then she talked about this woman, too, who was just she felt so young. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, she she felt old. And she's like, I feel like I was young until five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And then Ada mentioned that her recent profile photo was of her as a little girl. 
And that just made me so sad. Mm -hmm. It's like we're grasping so hard because we're told that we all have to look young, be young, feel young. Why is it not okay to just be middle age? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And they mentioned how, you know, older women in their 60s, even like in their late 50s, as you get older, you start feeling you know, more comfortable with yourself and you just don't give a shit so much. And I think, why can't I just do that now? Right. I mean, it's definitely better than in my 30s when I was even more. But now with with so much technology, there's all this pressure, you know, to to look a certain way because that's how the world sees you. Mm -hmm. And another another thing about the, uh, the stress of having technology, like our parents didn't have phones in their hands all the time. Right. With people, with their kids calling, with meetings popping up, with CNN coming across with the latest terrible news. We are barraged with shit all the time because of our phones. I know. Yeah. I know. They're such wonderful things. They've opened our worlds to so many things we never could have learned about or known. But at the same time, they've opened up our worlds to too many things that we've learned about Uh, (laughs) and know, you know, it's like, do we need to hear all of that stuff all the time? And, you know, her, even the author is talking about she wakes up in the morning and she resolved that she wasn't going to look at her phone until she'd had her coffee and all that. And Mm -hmm. even so, she started noticing all these things right away and she couldn't help but look at everything. And, you know, it's just it's the way it is and you start and we were the generation that grew up without that stuff Mm -hmm. so I always often wonder like especially with our kids with their phones you know we can get a hold of them anytime we need to and it's like what did our parents do like they must have worried so much about us when we were out and you know had to find a pay phone or something right I know my mom would always say call me when you get there yeah or, you know, leave her phone number or let me talk to her mom before you go over or, you know, whatever. But, I know. Yeah. And, and now we're like, oh, you haven't answered my text in like three minutes. You're in a ditch. Right. <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. Constantly. Ah, so I have to say, and I think another reason, this is the funny thing about this book, another reason that I wasn't, that I'm not sleeping is because I was reading this book. Oh. Like, I would say that is the only downfall of this book is that as much as I loved it so much because it gave me answers to things, it validated things that I've sort of had in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. and it validated who I am, why I think, you know, we are not dissatisfied with our lives. We're not spoiled, vain people, Mm -hmm. you know, because I I often will think, why am I depressed? Why do I want more? Um, when I have it all, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. to so many people, I have it all. And yet sometimes I still feel lost. I still feel dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. But so this book kind of validates the reasons that we feel that way. It isn't because we're vain or we're shallow. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how we're brought up and the things that were around us. But what I was going to say, so I loved it for that, but it was so hard to read, like, I couldn't read it before bed. You know, that's usually when I read a book is I'll sit down, the core man and I will watch a couple episodes of Lost, mm-hmm. and then I'll read my book. I couldn't. It would wake me up in the middle of the night, and I'd be thinking about it and getting really depressed. I know. Because I felt like, you know, this was telling me all the things that I did know or these aha moments, but it didn't give me any hope. Mm-hmm. Like, until the very, very, she does put in some hope but it's like in the last five pages of the book (laughs) yeah right so i find that that was probably my only downside of the book and that's not 
on her. Mm -hmm. That's not on the book. That's on me. Yeah. You know, like she's she's putting it out there like it is. So just a warning, you guys, like this book is really um, reality. It's and real. yeah. it's, it's a slap. It's a splash of cold water that I think is needed mm-hmm. because, again, it validates who we are and gives us reasons. Um, but it, it's not an easy read. At mm-hmm. least to me, it was not. I was brought to tears uh, many times. Yeah. Feeling like, oh, my God, you know, yes, she's spelling out everything that I feel and think. So now what can I do about it? It made me anxious. It made me like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Oh, yeah. But I, I do love at the end how she says, this is how I'm dealing with it. This is, you know, right. this is my self-care. I'm making sure that I see my friends like twice a week. I'm making sure that I, you know, get enough sleep and doing mm-hmm. all these things. And so sometimes, you know, you do read something that, maybe is disturbing or is a slap in the face or whatever. But it's sort of a cautionary tale of yes. if you keep going this way, this could be what happens. So make some changes. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely, you know, the core man does not read anything, but he's a doer. He's not a reader. Mm-hmm. And he'll watch video videos and he'll read manuals. He'll read all the things I won't read. Yeah. And, you know, how to stuff and that kind of techie stuff. But he's not like a book reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I told him, you know, I really want you to read this book because I feel it's going to help you understand me. Yes. Because he doesn't understand anxiety. He is not of that you know, well, he's a boomer for one Mm -hmm. and a man. And I do think not that they don't get a lot of this. I'm sure a lot of Gen X men get a lot of this as well, but it's just different. They think differently than we do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of them have, you know, the anxieties that we inherently do as women. They have their own anxieties, but, you know, in a different way. Uh So I really came away feeling like, oh my God, I want my husband to read this so he knows me, so he understands mm-hmm. why I think the way I do. Yeah, and, right. and it's just not you. Right, Yeah. exactly. So I'm going to try to arm wrestle him. It'll probably take him two years to get through uh, it. But <laughs> maybe he could listen to the Audible version. Oh, that's a good version, or good version. That's a good idea. <laughs> like when he's driving around or something? <laughs> yeah. On his, on his many errands? On his many, many errands picking up things. But yeah, I mean... I will say again, it does, as much as it, it frustrated me or felt like eh, to read the book, she does have some great takeaways. Um, basically, like you said, Ange, about finding a community, you know, it's really important for us to have friends and go out and do stuff, um, you know, figure out, really spend time like thinking what makes me feel good and what makes me feel bad and then kind of behave accordingly to right. that you know paying mm-hmm. attention like we've talked about when do i feel best working do i work better in the morning do i work better and sometimes we don't have a choice but you know housework or whatever mm-hmm. and do i actually have more energy to do that at night before bed or you know what i mean mm-hmm. um divvying things to other people yeah um i love how she takes the mystique and the whatever out of taking hormones Mm-hmm. Girls, if you need those hormones, take, take them. You know, a lot of the, you know, things go back and forth like the eggs. Sometimes they're good for you. Sometimes they're bad for you. And if you need them for a few years, I got to say, I've been taking them and I they've changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the whole trying to lower expectations of yourself and knowing that you can't do it all and you shouldn't have to do it all. And... One of the things I love, too, is there's a line in the book that said, what we need at this stage of life isn't more advice. We need solace. Mm. 
And isn't that so true? We've heard all the advice. We know what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. We just want someone to hear us. Right. And someone to say, there's a reason that you feel the way you do. And it's okay. And it's okay. And you're not alone. And there was a quote by this, I'm not sure who this is, Anne Voskamp. She's an author. But she says, life doesn't have to get easier to be good. Mm, True. And I loved that, too. True. Because guess what, peeps? This is just a hard time of life for us. Mm -hmm. Those that are our age, you know, like we've talked, Ange, we're in that middle place where, you know, our kids are leaving the nest and they're you know, or in college and we have to deal with all that. But then we also deal with our aging parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get that place where we're starting over, but we're like, what do I do with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can do anything I want, but do I have the money to do what I want? Mm-hmm. Can I really, do I really have the freedom to do whatever I want at this time in my life when I actually need to be working so I can help my kids get through college? Right. Whatever. Yeah. Right. And are people going to start judging me because of my age? Yeah. If I do need to get out and get a job, are people looking at me like, well, you're too old? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a hard time of life. We're all in this together. And I got to thinking, Ange, how having this podcast is such a huge remedy for that. Like we're helping, hopefully, we're helping everybody out there to have that community and have a place to go where they just laugh mm-hmm. and have fun that you know it's it's so important just to be able to just laugh oh yeah you know and be silly and, and just be silly you know let your cares melt away and just sort of check out for a little while yeah mm-hmm. yeah i had a friend actually i hadn't seen in a long time and she said you know i don't really listen to podcasts but one day i was cleaning up around the house and i put yours on and she said, it was so funny, but this one thing that stuck out to me is when you talked about how you had to spread your butt cheeks to quiet your fart. <laughs> she goes, I was literally on the floor. I was laughing so hard I couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> and she said, I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard. Oh, and it felt that's so awesome. good. And I just felt like, okay, my work here is, is done. done. <laughs> if I can, at the expense of my own dignity, yes, <laughs> if I can make somebody laugh... Then, you know, mm-hmm. it's just making somebody's life just a little bit better for a few moments. Absolutely. That's what we hope for you guys. It's just that, again, that you our feel gift that support. <laughs> our open-cheeked farts are our gift to you. And that you feel our support that we're here for you and you have a place to hang out. Mm-hmm. And be your crazy, unconventional self. Yeah, yeah. And most of the time we talk about, you know, more silly topics and things that happen to us that are maybe embarrassing or, (laughs) you know, we don't care because it makes us laugh. So why not? Right. And then every once in a while, like today, we have a subject that is maybe not quite as silly, but we'll hit home, hopefully, and give you something to think about. Well, God, and if you can't laugh through midlife... Right. What can you laugh? Laugh through those at. hot flashes. Oh my God! And peeing your pants when you laugh. Oh gosh. And and you know what else? Skin tags and oh, and flat flabber flubber around the tummy and hair, gray hair, gray hair, gray hair growing down there. Ah, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. But can we just embrace it and get together yes. with our sisters and just laugh yep and show the younger generation that it's okay to be midlife Mm -hmm. it's okay to have some hard times with that and just be proud of who we are it's kind of a gift you know that's the other thing i'll say to kind of 
wrap up this conversation about the book is um, I love the fact that she brought up Harry Potter mm-hmm. <laughs> at the mm-hmm. end. And um, she said, you know, the whole thing about Harry Potter is one of the, the most amazing gifts he got was an invisibility cloak. Yeah. So he could run around the castle and do things incognito and be invisible. Well, a lot of times us midlife women feel invisible. And that's a really hard thing. But to look at it as midlife invisibility can be a source of power. Yes. Kind of like the invisibility cloak. True. Use that to your advantage and mm-hmm. do whatever the hell you want to do. Make your place. Be silly. No apologies. Wear what you want to wear. That's you know, right. rock that fupa. Yes. Your pink hair. Yes. All so, of it. All of it. Because yep. really, life is so short. You, we could be dead in 10 minutes. Oh, God. I'm knocking on wood. I, I don't even think this is real wood. Well, it's okay. <laughs> You're knocking on what is it? Vinyl for Micah? For Micah? Vinyl. I don't know. <laughs> Nagahide. Knocking on Nagahide. <laughs> well, oh. what's cool too is we just recently listened to a podcast. Yes, we're going to start about this book. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're going to start uh, listening to podcasts and passing along information about it that might be helpful for you if you're looking for other podcasts to yeah, listen to. Other women, sister women out there that yeah. we connect with. Absolutely. So this one is called Midlife mixtape and it's been around a little while and nancy davis co who's a writer hosts it and one thing that she does on this is uh similar to what ada did in the book because she has playlists oh my god i love that yeah hence the name mixtape yeah exactly exactly so what is her tagline for the time oh my god i love her tagline um so her her podcast is called midlife mixtape for the years between being hip and breaking one there you go (laughs) There you go. Can you be hip and break a hip at the same time? I think you can. I think so. I think you can. I would sport like one of those really cool canes, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, yes. I'd let people sign my pelvis cast. <laughs> Maybe um, like get out the old bedazzler and Yes, and put, bedazzle like, the shit out of that. Right? Exactly. So yeah. That would be so, so cool. So what did you think about what you heard on the podcast? Well, again, I thought it was so cool that she was also she was talking to Ada Calhoun in this episode that I listened to. And um, I love how they both have mixed tapes. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of Ada's book, she talks about a midlife mixtape. And so I thought that was really cool that they both had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Nancy Davis Co. just has such a nice, relaxed way about her. So their conversation was was really Great. Like, I loved it. Oh, and congrats to you, Nancy Davis Co. if you ever listen to this, for your new book that's out. She's going on book tour for The Thank You Project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yes, exactly. Um, I did listen to one of her episodes, too. Um, it's episode 50, Listener's Advice to Younger People, and that was awesome. Like, she asked a bunch of her listeners what advice they would give, first to themselves, their younger selves, and then also to other younger people and some of the things they said was don't be in such a hurry Mm -hmm. you know um commit time to practice something that you love and then you're never going to be able to figure it all out right you know here we think that we're just we have to figure everything out well guess what (laughs) 
you're never going to figure so it all much. out. Right. No, just little bits at a time. Yeah. So those are just some of the little tidbits I got out of that podcast. I thought it was really great. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I well, I think that Nancy would be someone that I would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Totally. You know, I, I love her easy style. I love... I just love reminiscing with other people our age because I'm such a nostalgic Gen Xer and I, I love talking about after school specials <laughs> totally. and prom and big sleeves and yes. Duran Duran. She brings up all. some of that stuff. Yeah, I, love yeah, it. Totally. I love it. Plus her voice is just so nice to listen to. It is. It's very nice to listen to. So if you have a chance, um, look up midlifemixtape.com. She has a blog and she has the uh, podcast too, but she's on tour right now, but there's some back episodes you can listen to. Yeah. So that's our, our recommendation for yeah, y'all. Yeah, so she's not as crazy and silly and loud as we are, but you know, sometimes not everybody can be us. And sometimes no. you want to have variety. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> variety, it's the spice of life. It's the spice of life. Exactly. So what do we have happening next week, Suze? Ah, this is going to be so funny because we are talking about coffee substitutes, even though I can't even imagine having to have a coffee substitute. I actually did try going decaf for a while, um, and it lasted for a bit. You know, it was all right. But I missed my caffeine, and I ended up uh, going back on regular coffee again. But we just thought it would be interesting to try coffee substitutes and just see what they're like. Like, could there be something that could actually take the place of our beloved, you right. know, uh, nectar from the gods? Yeah, I don't know. So well, we're going to try some. We're going to share our findings with you. Yeah, and we're just going to try two. Yeah. Um, but there are two that people seem to really like. And also, I think that a lot of people, not a lot of people, um, a few people are giving up caffeine for a New Year's resolution. Sure. And yeah. so this might be something that would be helpful for finding um, a replacement mm -hmm. for, again, the nectar of the gods. The nectar of the gods. <laughs> so what would be the, the, the crystal for caffeine? <laughs> for detoxing from caffeine there's got to be a crystal well there's that. a coffee opal i mean it's more about like creativity and stuff but oh okay there you go well there you go well we're excited to try this when we get off this i'll put that one in my bra put it in your bra <laughs> put that in your bra and smoke it <laughs> ah so we're gonna try that and then uh look for this week photos of nick cage lingerie oh, shopping nick at cage. the mall I know. I'm, mm. I just, I can't wait to look at those again. I they know. They always make me laugh. Yay. <laughs> okay. Well, you can find us every Monday, femininehijinkspodcast.com, and also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram. So look for us. <laughs> and on Patreon, too. Become a patron. Show some love. Show us some love. Show us some $3 a month love. <laughs> so we can go buy our coffee substitutes. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it's expensive. It is, isn't it? Ooh. <laughs> so anyway, that's all we got for you. That's all we got, guys. Love another indoor sport. XOXO. Bye. Bye.